0: Hello and welcome to the Halftime Orange Podcast with me, Brenton Webber. Today, I'm joined once again by Mandy Morris. Mandy is a certified clinician, a therapist. She's co-owner and co-clinical director of Mosaic Counseling Group. And we've spoken on the show before. Um, In episode 24, we explored the phenomenon of grief. Uh, especially as it's affecting so many people over the last 12 months and and still is we're also going to be exploring the main reasons why everybody does everything that they do 80 percent of what you do is based on the emotional on what psychologists call the irrational and we're going to be exploring that too among other things so without further ado please let me reintroduce you to mandy it is so nice to see you, Mandy. You like, I, I'm lucky enough I can't see you while I'm talking to you. It's a podcast. There's no video, but yeah. So lovely to see you. How are you?
1: I'm I'm doing good. I'm been looking forward to this all day. Because I just love our conversations and our talks. So I'm I'm ready. I'm pumped.
0: You know, my my um My producer's probably going to go, why was he so far away from his mic? So I've brought it up close. There, live. We record it live. There, we're proving to everybody this isn't edited. This is just a really, what I'm I'm imagining is going to be a really rich conversation with you, Mandy. Um, For those that haven't heard our first conversation, and many won't have heard our second or third. um, No one will have heard our second or third. But please introduce yourself and uh, who Um, you are and what you do.
1: Sure, I'm I'm Mandy Morris. I'm in the great state of Georgia, Georgia Peach. Um, I'm a licensed professional counselor um, and a certified EMDR clinician, um, co-founder and co-director at Mosaic Counseling Group, which is the private practice myself and my colleague have. Um, and yeah, just doing the therapist thing day in and day out. Got some. Um, I hear you
0: know, this, I hear that. There's not enough therapists no. around at the moment it's no. it's a fairly we've pro, we've covered this in the first I know but but it really is a stressful time. There must right. be a well, massive growth know, in in the that. need
1: yep there's more demand now, and so there's definitely more need but so yeah that's that's what I do and got a a chapter and a book coming out soon, and I've got some hopefully courses that people can get online rolling out here soon on my website so. Lots of little
0: things in the works. Well, I love what you do because you are a, I mean, you're—you're you're living, breathing, that type of business that over the last few months we've realised, we think are kind of going to evolve, which is a transformational business—a business that's really delivering transformation in people's lives. You know, not beyond the experience. Like it used to be everyone wants to have a nice touchy-feely experience, but now it, it is very much more about the outcome, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, um, m- one of my big passions is really normalizing mental health stuff. I mean, it's it should be just as normal as going to the gym or going to the doctor and – um just trying to break a lot of stigma around the fact that mental health is viewed as a weakness or that people are, or that change is unattainable when that's just not true. It's not the case. We know a lot more about the brain than we used to and the brain wants to heal and given the right environment and the right tools, it will. So that's, I'm very passionate about what I do. That's for sure.
0: Well, I mean, it's funny, even when people say there isn't a stigma um, I was I was in a conversation with a good friend. And we were talking about how there was no stigma, and I was, sh- you know, I'm a bit nervous about some of the stuff I've been sharing on the last couple of, on two of the last shows that we've released this year. You know, been very personal, but I I do believe it's it's this it's this there's this pandemic going on globally, but there is this silent pandemic of mental health that that so many people are, are now. Um, struggling with or mental fitness um we could we could call it
1: yeah well a lot of the stigma although it it comes from generations of cultural and societal stigma most of the time the stigma comes from ourselves half the time a lot of people wouldn't judge you for going to see a therapist but they're going to judge themselves for needing to go see a therapist or get help for some reason it's so it it seems to have evolved even more so into this um, we stigmatize ourselves and don't even. You know, I mean, I did this to myself not that long ago. There was a point where I was like, "Do I need to be on medication?" No, I'm a therapist. I don't need to be on medication, you know. And and I was like, "Holy crap! I'm doing it to me," you know. And and had to kind of work through why, you know. Um, or I remember as a therapist getting back into therapy and just, you know, I believe in this, so I shouldn't feel weird about it, but you know we we all tend to do this thing where we'll stigmatize it for ourselves um and so if you can become aware of that and and recognize that it's a healthy thing and press into the anxiety around it, then you'll be better off
0: and you know we we we've talked before about this build up of the survival ego um like twenty twenty years ago this was a this was a stigmatic um conversation to be having
1: yep absolutely you don't share the family secrets you don't share what's any weaknesses um yeah
0: and that's even uh, it's even more so when i think you're trying to make your way in business um because you have to be portraying this uber confident we're doing okay um portrayal
1: yep you know i work with a lot of um different types of uh business leaders or you know, CEOs or whatever, the people who are, you know, look others are looking up to them for leadership in some way. And they're often the ones, or even like the police officers and, you know, first responders that I work with people who, who go to them to be the strong person. And, and that wears on someone for like, wears them down so much and you don't even realize it. And so, they secretly are having panic attacks off in the corner because they don't want to get help because they don't want to be perceived as me because they're supposed to be the one that has it all together, you know? And so it's so messed up in that way. Um, because you know, the brain's a brain and there's things that affect it. And it's, you know, it's just like having vitamin deficiency or, you know, having an insulin issue or, you know, like your brain's just another organ, like the rest of the organs in your body.
0: Yeah. Mm. I I came across an interesting term that I'd never heard before, which was post-traumatic growth.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: And I love that concept.
1: I love and I it. wonder
0: whether there's, you know, whether the buildup of trauma is by not going through that post-traumatic growth. it's like finding we were talking about the sixth stage of grieving, the meaning. It's the same with in the, in this situation.
1: Yeah. And I think it's um, it becomes a mindset that one gets in um, or a place that one gets to, you know, because when when we're coming out of trauma or recognizing we're having post-traumatic stress symptoms, we don't feel like there's post-traumatic growth. And usually, like even with my clients and, and with myself. I'll have to point out areas where post-traumatic growth has happened and they don't even realize it's happened. Like, you know, people who've been through trauma or huge loss or, you know, whatever it may be have such beautiful empathy for others. You know, when, once they've moved through a lot of their healing with it, they have such more, um, the ability to connect with people that if they hadn't been through that experience, um, they wouldn't have, um, you know, there's, there's resiliency that gets developed in going through traumas in life. And you may feel very weak, but really, you know, that's a part of resiliency building because you've survived it. Right. Um, and so, a lot of times, people don't even realize that they have post-traumatic growth. They're just so focused on the post-traumatic stress that that makes them that becomes a part of their identity when they're not really realizing that you know that's just that's just normal symptoms of your brain getting injured, you know, from the trauma that happened. But there's also these other parts of you that, in the midst of such disaster and darkness and grief that's where that meaning comes from of seeing areas that you've actually grown. And it's a gift in that way. Not that we want anyone to go through trauma or grief. or
0: anything, no, no. I also think it's sometimes so difficult to see the trauma when it's happening because we, because we um, belittle the trauma that we go through and compare it. That's not trauma. That's trauma. And you see traumatic things on the news. You know that there are people at the moment losing family members through COVID. So, a traumatic financial situation doesn't seem like oh, it's not as traumatic. Do you think part of the part of the the, the answer is recognizing the trauma that that, that, that it has been a wound because ha- otherwise you're just building a armor around it and 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 not actually letting it heal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, for the longest time, like even up till, you know, even now some people still think this way, trauma was only reserved for veterans, for, um, you know, it used to be called shell shock, you know, the, um, and for only the, the big things like... Mm-hmm you know, the extraordinary stuff. terrorist
0: attack, being involved in a terrorist attack, for instance. Yeah,
1: violent acts, things like that. um, But what what really is the case is those are referred to as big T traumas, um, meaning that those are the extraordinary, you know, traumas that we associate trauma with. But there's also um, small T traumas and the small has nothing to do with value. It's just capital T, lowercase t to differentiate. Um, and those come from um, uh, adverse childhood experiences. So like growing up with abuse or neglect or a parent with a mental illness, there's, you know, bullying, there's going through um, a loss or, you know, financial troubles, or, you know, like things that, you know, can affect your own self-integrity um your and also have- that can fire
0: your fight or flight responses when you're
1: yep, small the small t has the same psychological effect that it does with the big t's but the small t's they go under the radar because they accumulate over time and that accumulation creates post-traumatic stress symptoms in people who don't even realize that they're having it because that's been their normal and so a couple years later, we'll be like, why do I have so much anxiety? Why do I sell flashbacks about this? Why does this trigger me so much? And probably because they had one of those small T events happen in their life. And so um, it's important to not minimize what you're going through because you can't escape your feelings about things. They'll show up in some way.
0: Um, I mean, isn't and- that one of the symptoms as well? like to basically mean? have that distorted negative view of yourself that this isn't yep. as important as other people's. Sure. Or,
1: yep. Um, and, and forming negative beliefs about yourself, like, Oh, I'm a failure or I should have known better or I'm not good enough or I'm responsible. Um, I bet no. a lot
0: of, I bet a lot of people are going through those thoughts a lot in the last, <laughs> what yeah. during this period of instability. Right.
1: And there's these thoughts that you would never say to anyone else about them. Mm, never. And- yourself and you know that's that's a time where it's like okay i need to check in with my mental health because that's where you once you think those things enough you're going to start believing that they're true and then self-fulfilling prophecies happen so um yeah Yeah, and your ego loves
0: that doesn't it because at the end of the day if your ego can predict it's like i told you told you that was a bad idea yep (laughs) that that voice in the back of your head Yep. That's
1: another reason why I'm a failure, another reason why I'm not good enough, you know. And instead of really combating that with, I'm doing the best I can, or, you know, I can learn from my mistakes. I, you know, I'm only responsible for what I have control, you know, things like that, that we, you know, try to work through, um, you know, in therapy because we don't heal things from the past that, I I mean, I can remember the first time I formed the belief in third grade that I have to be, I have to look a certain way to be likable or even lovable. And it was from some stupid thing a kid said, right? But I I internalized, I never talked about it. So, you know, getting to middle school, middle school is brutal, you know, that's another reason why, I'm not good enough or I'm not pretty enough or I'm not enough of whatever. Oh, that's another reason why. And then carrying it into my adult, you know, relationships, you know, and so confirmation
0: bias comes into play here, doesn't it? It's just constantly confirming what your ego is making you believe stronger and stronger.
1: And so if you don't ever begin to heal these beliefs or, you know, work with someone to help you work through them, you're just going to repeat. And so um, there's a, a saying that what's wired together fires together. And once that belief gets wired in your brain, it's going to fire anytime something is associated with it. Um, and so those negative beliefs are the at the core of what I work with with people. Because everything else is a symptom of that. And we can put Band-Aids on symptoms, and we need to. We need to get symptoms under control sometimes, like anxiety, pain, and things like that. But that is not the issue. The issue of the belief that come came from what experiences. And that's really where a lot of digging and healing happens.
0: A very dear friend of mine was sharing their story um, with me over the last couple of weeks. Um, she's definitely of the opinion that this, you know, it's because of the chemistry in her head. This is the... There's nothing that she can do about it, and I, I, I was wondering whether that. I mean, the same, whether or not it's you thinking your way into it. Even when you're thinking your way into depression, it's still the same chemical neuroscience that's going on, isn't it? Your brain doesn't know the difference between thinking about something terrible right. and experiencing right. something terrible. Yeah.
1: So, so there, there's your brain, like the structure of your brain, and then then there's you, okay? Your psyche, your personality, who you are. And so like, I don't know if you've ever had a thought, then you're like, wait, I just have that thought. And then you go in and change it. That's you changing your brain. So what I mean by that is, is that like with depression, with that example, you know, part of the nature of depression is a habit of negative thinking. That's not all that is wrapped up in depression, but, but it's a big part of what maintains depression. And so when there's a habit of negative thinking, literally there is a set of neural pathways that every time your mind goes down those negative thoughts, it's going down the same neural pathways in your brain. Think about there being like a a highway in your mind, you know, out where I am, we have like highway 85 and 285. There's like a 285 of negative thoughts in, in my brain. And every time you go down that, it gets reinforced, right? So, but when you begin to catch oh and the one thing about depression let me say is depression is a liar it's always lying to you And, and it does and it feels very true but here's the thing with negative thoughts negative thoughts have no value and even if even if you have evidence for that negative thought it's not helpful it doesn't help you it doesn't serve you in any way and our body literally doesn't have a place to hold negativity. We're not wired for toxins and negativity creates toxins that creates more cortisol in our body. Um, And so when you begin to work on catching your thoughts and changing them, to something more useful, more helpful. It's like you're now forming a new highway in your brain block by block, you know, street by street. And then as you strengthen that, the other one weakens before you know it you're having two different types of automatic so like
0: pathways through a jungle the yeah, more yeah. it's used the more it it can right. be found the exactly. less it's used it grows over
1: so now you're thinking oh, i'm an idiot well no i'm not an idiot and you have <laughs> two automatic thoughts at the same yeah. time and then and then you can choose which one you want to go with and you can start to break that cycle and it, and it does it takes time but you know, literally, when we change our thought patterns, we change the structure of our brain, which is crazy, cool, fascinating to me. Um, And, and then which that changes the chemistry in your brain too, you know, and that's not to say that people with certain, you know, uh, depressive disorders might truly have a chemical imbalance, you know, and so medication will be needed. And, and you might stay on it forever, you know, or they might not. And that's okay. But when you combine that with you know, the rewiring your brain piece of it, then you're really going to be in in better shape.
0: But that seems to me to be a very sensible way of dealing with any ailment, whether it's in business or personal or mental. It's you, um, you, you find the inhibiting factor and you explore that and you do the work and you do the transformation and you... No, no, I'm. Tell I where think. I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong in my thinking there. That's my own thought.
1: Process. No, no, no. That 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 would be beautiful if all is that my
0: fantasizing instead of instead of no. catastrophizing. That's like the fantasizing that it can all be. It can all be um, intellectualized away.
1: Right. Well, those I, I like that. You know, a lot of people who are just very like pragmatic about their mental health, they're like, okay, this is the problem. How do I fix it? You know, and, or they're sick and tired of being sick and tired and like, I'll do anything to get better. You know, those are like ideal clients, right? Um, not that any other people aren't ideal clients, but what, what happens is, is that people will believe that they are their problems or they are their diagnosis or I am unhelpable. I'm too broken to be, to be helped. I'm, you know, and so they make this become a part of their identity. Um, and that, so then that goes back to like self-fulfilling prophecies and confirmation bias that, that there's a resistance to it because they don't believe maybe that change can happen for them or, um, well, they're not ready for it yet or something like that. But, um, you know. the,
0: i did lose my train of thought before you can probably tell and um, because there's so many different way, ways this can go but um the way i love the way that you were talking about dealing with it which was dealing to the symptoms that's an important aspect like no one's saying come off your meds because that is you know and i'm not i'm not trying to you know this isn't a message to the friend that i was talking to if they were listening to this but it is keep keep controlling the symptoms and finding ways to manage them but work on uh, the core issue and that's I guess yeah, a good way to to approach any kind of problem but it is identifying it that it's a symptom first isn't it and that requires systems thinking
1: sure. I mean, well yeah. I mean, that's what people usually notice that they just keep getting in a in a depressive cycle, or I, I can't I keep every two weeks I'm having panic attacks, or I keep ruining these relationships, or you know, and and so they're usually being overwhelmed by the symptoms, you know, that are happening. So they're, being,
0: they're being forced into transformation because their lower levels of Maslow's hierarchy of needs are becoming more and more unstable, and I yes. guess,
1: yep, the psychological needs, the safety needs um you know love and belonging like all of that you know those those needs as those needs get met
0: that, that love and belonging is the cuddles that we get from our mates and the sitting in and sharing a coffee and we're very lucky here to be able to do that again i was it was so nice to see an old friend today we had a coffee outside and i was so lucky here in new zealand but i felt that i had almost gone into my own forced isolation because we were we are working on a few Um, projects at the moment Um, but when I it was it was it was so joyful yes to have that human connection Mm -hmm. and so that must be causing that must be one of the biggest causes of uh, stress
1: well and so studies show that um, people with like really really good relationships um, whether it's your your partner, your husband, your wife, close relationships that you engage with regularly that are fulfilling and healthy and connected, those people live about 15 years longer.
0: Mm, yeah, I've read that, I've heard that before yeah, amazing, yeah. Isn't
1: it? And there is, and I don't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but um, loneliness being a major uh, variable, um, to heart disease and early death. So we are literally wired for connection.
0: Yeah. Have you have you read, oh, maybe we've mentioned this on the last show, have you read Johan Hari's book, Lost Connections?
1: No, I've not.
0: He's a Guardian, or well, was a Guardian reporter, um, a great journalist. Um, and he wrote a book about looking, at, it was, I think it was seven different connections. He believes that mental health is due to a breakdown of multiple needed connections. That we we need the connections of family, we need the connection of culture. It's been shown that Indigenous people, peoples that are allowed to practice their Indigenous culture have longevity and a, and a lot less, a huge drop in suicide rates, which is, of course, really problematic in a lot of um, communities. Um, and there's... the um, spiritual is, a, is an important one um, I can't remember what all the seven are but definitely one is you know loved ones and the problem is with depression is that we isolate we take ourselves away we yeah it's which is of course a self rotate you know so it's a, it's a it's a wheel that you just can't get off yeah yeah
1: yeah well and yeah and, and that's where um, making sure you're getting support, getting some accountability when it comes to depression is really important. Well, I mean, with any issue you're struggling well, with. Well,
0: let's talk about that because we've talked about the problem and we've talked about what people are experiencing. And there's, when you start entering into the embracing the transformation process, um, and that I think is generally through forced transformation, um, you know, what what should people be, what are some, some good things that people can take away from listening to this show? Um, you know, what are some good self care tips? Cause I think that's key, isn't it? It's, we're not taking the often. We're not taking care of ourselves because we don't think we deserve as much care.
1: Right. Right. Well, I, I think the initial thing is um, being, compassionately honest with yourself so not judgmental but compassionately honest with yourself and with what what's going on um and then from there having the courage to be vulnerable enough to let someone know even if you just start there i mean from there you know, depending on what's going on, you can be a part of groups, get a part of getting with a therapist, get go to your doctor. I mean, you can do all those things, but really, you know, saying that I, I, I love that. I heard from one of my wonderful supervisors back in the day is that inches a cinch, a yard's too hard. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I like, like making that first step, that first inch of this, is scaring the shit out of me, to be honest. However, I'm going to have the courage to open up to my friend, my loved one, you know, um, a therapist who can keep my information safe, you know, like whoever it may be, um, because we are not meant to do things alone. And you know i i'm you know i'm an entrepreneur and a woman and i'm like i'm an independent woman i can do things on my own right but our culture has gotten crazy about that i think in the wrong direction because while it's good to be independent if we're wired for connection then we're wired for some dependence and so we need other people to help us in our healing processes and to help in other ways and we help people you know it's like, we, we got to learn to feed each other. Um, and so this is where like that little voice that's like, this is a weakness. It's too embarrassing. You know, it's going to be too much of a burden for so-and-so, you know, that those are, that's just anxiety talking and it's normal. That won't go away, unfortunately. But as soon as you take that first step, it does. And now you can come up with a plan. Now you're not alone in it. So, I mean, I can get into all the things that everyone's heard before about what they can do. That's the first step.
0: Yeah. It's such an important step. And it is the step, it's, it's the hardest.
1: It is. It is. And that's why I like to frame it in having courage because it's being vulnerable is, you know, it's emotional risk. It's, it's uncertainty. It's not knowing what the outcome is going to be, but you do it anyway because you know that's what that's what's really going on within you um and so you get you get to be courageous today
0: love that message um it's i've 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 been um listening to some hypnotherapy at times of high stress and that's one of the things that this hypnotherapist says he's he's, it's quite good they've put these affirmations in there that i kind of they kind of trigger me i hear somebody saying something like Deep is one of the the words that I've yeah. recognised, yeah. and um, yeah, how important is it to? I think we've we may have talked about this before, but I didn't quite get what it was at that time because I think I was still intellectualising it. Um, how important is the mind body stuff? Because because that's where it's trapped, isn't it?
1: Oh, so important! You know our you know our emotions, you know our feelings that's, you know, in the limbic system part of the brain, which is connected to the nervous system and your nervous system runs from your heads to your toes. And, um, and our, our feelings are our natural responses to internal or external things. Um, and they've got, it's got a
0: bad rep though, hasn't it? Because they the, they it's that. the irrational side of us.
1: Right, it's kind of, right.
0: It's almost got the stigma to it when we start thinking right. about feelings just by the word that it's using.
1: Right, it does. Well, and um, you know, I've shared my story on various platforms, but I, you know, was in a very um, emotionally, verbally abusive relationship, marriage um, for seven years, and and he uh, was high up there on the criteria for narcissism. Um, and got diagnosed with that towards the end, but that was always used against me because I, I am I I'm a feeler, and my default when I feel is to cry. If I'm angry, I'll cry. If I'm sad, I'll cry. If I'm happy, I'll cry. It's just part of I'm a I feel very deeply about things, um, and that was always used against me. And I'll never forget we were in a couple session, and and he was getting see she's just crying again and and blah 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 like in front of the therapist. And he was like, just because she's being emotional doesn't make her illogical. He went through everything I just said that was completely logical, but I was just having emotions about it, you know? And so our feelings are just these internal signals to things and you can't escape them. People who suppress them, who don't want to deal with them, who want to sweep them under the rug, and now they got rugs up to the ceiling because everything's underneath it, it's just going to come out in some way. It's going to come out in your shoulders. It's going to come out in having abdominal issues. I do a very specific technique um, about the mind-body connection where we visualize an issue going on where you feel it in your body and release it from your body. And we'll go through and, oh, I released it from my stomach. Well, have you been having abdominal issues or stomach issues lately. Oh my gosh, I have like, there's, there's such a a big connection and, um, and feelings are meant to be released and your body will tell you when you've done that. So like, let's say I'm super stressed out about something. I'm anxious in my head and I'm worrying and I decide I got to go on a walk. I got to get this off of me somehow And so I'm thinking about it and I'm walking and I'm picking up heart rate. And then, you know, I, I, I exert this energy to move through the feeling. And all of a sudden I feel relief in my body. Like, okay, that means I've moved through it. I've moved through the stress response. Um, Or crying is a great way to move through any emotion. You cry, you know, you get all, you know, there's actually certain like, uh, chemicals and hormones that get released when you cry that afterwards
0: do they break down the cortisol
1: yeah yeah yep and i i I think that's what it is i I don't know it should be but it it actually provides a physiological relief yeah when you cry you know and so when we don't move through the stress response of our feelings then they stay stuck in some way they get trapped in a part of your nervous system which you know that could be in your foot so now you got a footache. that could be in your stomach that could be in your neck that could be in headaches um and so they get a bad rap but feelings emotional intelligence is something that should be taught in school um you know our emotions are indicators of needs for instance anger is usually a good indication that injustice has happened or a boundary needs to be set you know, um, feeling jealous is, you know, telling you that there, there's something you don't have that you want. You know, when we can, can look at emotions as guides that we can assess what we're needing from, it can be less scary and less like this, this piece of weakness. When you can accept it as a part of yourself, you're actually... Functioning at a, a, a higher self because when we have good emotional intelligence and ways to deal with it, we actually have better cognitive functioning. That's
0: and, and right. Yep. I, I love exploring this because this is—I mean, this is humanity. Right. Human experience. Yeah. We talk, and I think sometimes might shock a few leaders when we say, you know, you have to focus on the eighty percent of your business that you're ignoring. Which is the irrational reasons your customers, employees, managers, leaders actually do what they do?
1: Well, and a lot of leaders, they don't want to deal with the emotional side of stuff either because they don't know how to handle it or that just feels like it's going to take too much time or whatever it may be. So you're either going to...
0: It is hard work and it does take time, right?
1: It does take time, but you're either going to spend a lot of time trying to fix behavior that gets repeated or you're going to spend a lot of time dealing with someone's emotions and figuring out what's going on underneath all of that so that they don't repeat behavior. And so it's you're going to spend more time on the on the end maybe more time initially up front but less time overall dealing with people if if leaders would be more interested and responsive to the emotional well-being of their employees.
0: Yeah, we we as leaders have to realize that The humans in our organizations and outside of our organizations um, are the most important parts of our business. Um, The more we can understand, the more we can empathize, the more we can like I think that I I see parallels with customer experience all over the place. Like this, you get forced transformation in companies when their customers disappear you have to start thinking about the most important humans in the same way that probably what drove my um, transformation was I could see the most important humans in my life suffering that my ang, the anger tantrums they were very nice to to experience and they were building up towards the end of last year and you know what go around we're not allowed to smack children in New Zealand and I don't um, you know it's against the law so I'm not but but i was i was i was more irritable than normal and i could see the difference it was having you know there was there was like my my little boy was just a little bit more distant and it's you don't want to get if you if you can start thinking about Like, when when you think it's just me, don't worry, I've got to tough it out, I'm going to be fine, well, then you're not thinking... It it makes it very easy not to think about the people that it's affecting, whereas to take a step back and think, all right, well, what does my disassociation for half of the week? uh, How is that affecting? Start looking for... I think it's also worthwhile talking to those most important humans about their experience um, of what's happening so that it's... To, to share like this is this is a system that we live in um you know whether it's a household system or a business system or, or the, the societal you're, system
1: you're talking about um you know your, your kid and how like when you're stressed like that can affect your kid as well you know stuff like mm-hmm. that i, well, I actually yeah. um, listening to um this interview with john gottman who is a relationship expert um and pretty, very well known and he was sharing a statistic about how um, you can either test a, a couple's relationship um, health um, and how, how well they're doing um, by, you know, doing an assessment and you know, doing a whole session with them. Or you can take a urine sample from their kid from in the last 24 hours and you'll know how, how healthy their relationship is
0: wow because of that's where the toxins are
1: and um, a
0: a child with high levels of cortisol yep, then there there probably needs to be some work done
1: yep that means that they're stressed with their parents in the home yep which is shocking you know but
0: and we all know it we all know really i mean this is the science that that proves our intuition
1: right exactly Exactly. So, all this to say, like our our emotional and mental well being is literally just as important as our physical because they're both connected anyway.
0: I used to have a picture on my Twitter profile and it was Do It for the Kids. And I think, there you go. It's do it for the kids. <laughs> There's a book that's been on my wish list for ages. I think I've probably been too scared to, to read it. Um, and it's um, the book. I think it's something along the lines of the book that you wish your parents had have read. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's you know that I know I know full well now that I'm breaking any cycle of of that. Um apologies go a long way as well, but um you have to admit first that and it's the same with customers, like everybody loves an apology. Um there's this ridiculous um Fact in you know factoid from the CX world that says that a third of people will lose will leave a product or brand they love after one bad experience, but it's not. It's one badly handled bad experience. I mean, the people that love you, they know you're not perfect. They (laughs) they, no no one no one except you expects perfection. I think you know. um, We just uh, it's nice to be acknowledged when, and it goes a long way when you when you acknowledge that there's yeah. been an issue and that you're fixing yeah. it yeah
1: we don't need to shame others or shame ourselves for being human that's for sure
0: Def- definitely not definitely not and we and that's where it all comes from as well it's all from inside um mandy it's been brilliant
1: absolutely i, always as, now, I know that
0: we've given you a plug before on the show on the first one but in case this is the first episode how sh- who do you want to hear from why should they get in contact with you and how
1: Yeah. So you can find me on multiple social media platforms. I go through different, um, mental health series, go through different, I have lots of videos, everything from depression, anxiety to relationship stuff, to grief, to imposter syndrome. I try to cover everything, um, and have a lot of fun doing it. So you can find me on Instagram, therapist underscore Mandy, um, Mandy Morris LPC is on Facebook. Um, And my YouTube is Therapist Mandy TV. And I also have a new website um, that is live. I'm about to be publicly releasing very soon, um, mandythetherapist.com, where you'll be able to find all my media uh, stuff, podcasts that I do, um, courses that I'll be coming out with, and new book chapters soon. So,
0: and before you get on, I just it just crossed my mind what have people? who go through this transformation gotta look forward to. What's on the, what's on the other side? Yeah, yeah. Like what's on the other side? We talk a lot about what we have to do to get to the other side. But I think sometimes we like if I'd have known a few years ago that I was going to finally get in touch with my real self, I think I'd have jumped at it earlier. I didn't know that I didn't know that I wasn't in touch with my real self.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean it, it's freedom you know like i in and, and, and on a smaller scale i i remember when when I, I, after i got out of that very toxic relationship and i was on my own for the first time and all my support who got me through that they had left and i sat in my house or my couch in my own house and i thought to myself this is what peace feels like i didn't know what should be until i stop living in what shouldn't have been and so it's hard to put into words for people what's on the other side but it's peace and it's freedom and we need more people to have the courage to actually be themselves
0: mm.
1: because you have your own you have your own mission your own purpose your own way of living and loving and man it's it's so much different to live a life that is meaningful where you can thrive and love the way you want to love instead of just being in survival mode at the time it's it's like different worlds
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so there you go so if you want some freedom from the you know the the thoughts a freedom from having to, I think for me, it was the freedom of the, the false front, you know, being able to actually just live every day as yourself is, and Hey, I, we were talking off it. I've had a bad day today. It's not all peaches and cream, Um, No, Georgia peaches and cream. Um, but, um, it is, it it is those, it's getting better and it's, Creativity gets unlocked. Oh, Whereas yeah. I never thought. So yep. that if, you, if, you, if you're looking for some freedom, if you're looking to maybe unblock some creativity, I highly recommend you reach out to Mandy and we'll put all of the details in the show notes. So once okay. again, Mandy, you've been brilliant. I love talking to you and yep. can't wait till the next time.
1: Yep, anytime.
0: I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for listening today. I hope you got some really solid value out of the conversation. If you did get some value, please consider subscribing using any of the links below. We are on all major podcast platforms. And feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn or via our website, www.halftimeorange.co.nz. Look forward to speaking with you next time.